um, that Samson was. Truly, I, I never realized it. And uh, truly getting down here and seeing all these things that Samson did and <clears throat> his rebellion against the Lord and, and just his decision-making. Uh, Judges chapter 14, uh, Samson is, he has, we've already went through the rebellion where he, he, uh, he tears the lion in half, he gets the honey from the lion, he gives it to his parents. Now we're coming to the feast of the wedding. And uh, so let's read together. We'll read probably three or four verses and kind of take our text from there. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 10, uh, yeah, in verse number 10, the Bible says, So his father went down into the woman, and Samson made there a feast, for so used the young men to do. And it came to pass, when they saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you, if ye can certainly declare it me uh, within the seven days of the feast, and find it out, your, uh, find it out then I will give you 30 sheets and 30 change of garments. We're going to stop there. This story, if you will, is the riddle, Judges 14 and verse number 10, verse, uh, verse all the way through verse number 12 is where we read. But in this text, Samson puts forth a riddle to these men. So let's look at number one tonight, is the setting forth of this riddle. Um, so let's look in verse number 10. The Bible says, So his father went down to the woman, and Samson made there a feast. From what I understand, the place of this feast was at the daughter's, at the daughter's, uh, the daughter to be, the husband, the wife to be's house. From what I understand in Jewish custom is the first part of the text that we read earlier when Samson and his parents went down, they kind of paid the dowry for the daughter uh, to be the wife of Samson. Okay, and so after that's paid, then there's about a year waiting period, and then they get married. If I understand Jewish, what I've read about the Jewish custom there on the marriage thing. And right before they were to get married, solidify the marriage, they, had, they would have a seven-day they would have a feast. And at this time period, they'd have a seven-day feast. And so Samson comes down to Timnath to kind of get his buddies together to have a feast, if you will. And, well, Samson didn't bring anybody with him, so the Bible says that Samson's... Uh, had, so they, they, at verse number 11, and it came to pass that they saw him, that they brought 30 companions to be with him. So... So here it is, he's at this feast, and they've brought 30 companions to come to be with him. Not necessarily companions of Samson, but companions that were Philistines. So here we are, these men are Philistines, he's marrying a Philistine woman, he's with somebody he shouldn't be with, and now he is beginning to associate and be companions with somebody he should not be partying with. And so you know things that are going on at this party are not right. They're not proper. They're not the way that God wanted them to be. They are not the way that God had intended for them to be. And so here it is. He's at this place with these people. So what's taking place? What do you think has taken place 
at this party with these Philistines, temptation. You talk about, uh, and the, and even you go forward into the book of John, when, when there was weddings, uh, there was weddings, what, what, did, what happened at weddings? They brought forth the wine, and they brought parties. Now, that's what took place was they began to put things together that should not have been there. And again, we go back to the thing that Samson was not supposed to do. Samson was a Nazarite. He was not supposed to have certain things in his life, <clears throat> and so he wasn't supposed to have those. So he made a feast as the young man used to do. Now, why is it that you think that Samson decided to put forth this riddle? He set forth a riddle. Why would he do this? Why would he do this? I think... Why do, you think, why do you think he sets forth this riddle? He thinks that no one can figure out his riddle. No one can figure it out. No one can figure out what the riddle really means. Right? What's the riddle? I give you seven days to figure the riddle. That's what he said. I give you seven days to figure this riddle out. And this riddle was... This gamble, if you will, he was setting forth a gamble, a, a, a gamble. And the gamble was that if, if you figure out my riddle, I will give you 30 men, understand, he's, this, is his, this is his gamble, I will give you 30 men, I'll each brand new clothing. That's, what he, that's what, basically what he said. He said, sheets and change of garments, that's what that meant. If I understand, that's exactly what that meant. So, get, uh, so Samson says, if you figure out my riddle, then I will give you 30 pieces of clothing. Undergarments and overgarments. That's what I'll give you. But if you can't figure out my riddle, then you've got to give to me. And he had it figured out because he was the only one that knew the answer to the riddle, except for his mom and dad. So there was no way that they were going to find out the, the, the answer to the riddle. The answer to the problem. But Samson should have never gambled at the first place, right? That's right. Whether we gamble for $5 or gamble for $150, is it, is it right to gamble with money that technically is the Lord's? That's right. Should we gamble with God's money? No. Uh, and so here we are. Here's this principle that he's gambling with. He's getting, he, he thinks that he's got it made. He, under, he thinks that he's already got it under control because he can't lose. Well, what does he lose? He, technically, if he wins this gamble, man, he gets 30 new pieces of clothing. But if, if he loses, only one of each person gets a new piece of clothing. Yeah, and, and you think about this. He, he set himself up to win. Just like the casinos and the lottery, all those places, they're not set up to lose. You think that if they were set up to lose, they'd still be in business. No, they would not sell lottery tickets. They would not have a casino if they, if they lost money. The house always wins. There are times people might win big at certain points of the day or things like that, but ultimately the house always wins. And here he is, he thinks that he's the house, 
So he thinks he's going to win. Now, Samson is, and we won't get to that point, but he, he man, that, that clock is messing me up. It's not a quarter till two. Uh, that, uh, what time is it? It's five till eight? Oh, 25. I was like, man, that went quick. But, uh, <laughs> but this, he puts it forth. He gambles with something he shouldn't gamble with. He should have never been in this place. But what happens, in, just like in, in our life, evil, once we do evil, the next time we do evil, it's easier to do. And the next time we do evil, it's easier to do. And the next time you do evil, it's easy, e- easier to do. I, I wrote this down. It says, uh, the barrier of resistance to do evil is broken. Once that barrier is broken, evil then flows easier. The first time you do wrong, man, you feel bad and you run and you don't want nobody to know. But the next time you do it, it gets a little easier. And the next time you do it, it gets a little easier. Samson wasn't afraid of nobody being there. Think about his resistance to evil and what he was to be able to do that in front of his parents. You know, because of the previous verses, he got the honey from the lion uh, from the inside of the carcass of the lion and he didn't tell mom and dad. He had to hide it. But now he's gambling in front of mom and daddy and he's throwing a feast with his mom and daddy. He's not ashamed anymore. Just like sin, the first time you do it, it's, it's hard. Sneak around. Make sure no one's watching, right? And then it gets easier. Why are we so easily seduced to evil? Why do we do it so e- easily? Our rebellious nature. <laughs> Our rebellious nature? Your brother? We have a sin nature. Yeah. Yeah. Pride. We won't be the ones to fall. You know, we'll be the ones to beat it. I won't get caught. Yeah. That's like in this church one time. It becomes easy. And if you continue to miss church, it's real easy. Just easy. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I heard an evangelist tell a story in... And I don't know, I don't know the story's true. It's just, it comes from the evangelist. So if the evangelist is lying, it's his fault. But uh, I heard a story one time that he was preaching at a meeting. And uh, one time uh, that night, he got out of church and this lady had pulled up, or this man had pulled up and he started talking to the preacher and he's bawling, squalling. And he said, my daughter died and uh, I think she went to hell and he says, you know, well, why do you think that? He said, well, he said, years ago, he said, years ago, I used to come to church. And I used to be at church on every service, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I brought my family with me. I brought my wife with me. He said, well, things would begin to get good. And he said, I got, I got um, involved with my business and my business took off. And he said, so I started skipping out on Wednesday nights because I needed to have time to do my books. And and pretty soon I was skipping Sunday nights because I needed more time to, to work. And I was scheduling days to do that. And then I started skipping on Sundays altogether. Sundays and he said, pretty soon my whole family was out of church. And I didn't raise my daughter in church. I didn't raise her at all. And so she's in hell. 
because of my decision to get out of church. And, uh, you know, I said, man, that's a, that was, I, I, when I heard that preacher say that, I said, how important it is that we, we do right, you know. Oh, we can't control the outcome, but we can control what we do, you know. And uh, anyway, that's a good statement. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? You know, thoughts? Why is it so easy to do wrong? Where does water go when it goes down the hill? The path of least resistance. Well, that's right. What 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 uh, path do we travel? <laughs> sometimes the path, the easiest, the path of least resistance. That's right. And sometimes that sin is that path of least resistance because truly it takes work to live and walk with the Lord. It's not always easy to make that decision to do right, especially when those that are around you are not. And you think about Samson. Here was Samson. He was surrounded by 30 Philistines. He wasn't surrounded by 30 people that worship God. He wasn't surrounded by 30 people that that were right. You know, and you think about that, even at that, how important it is to have the right companion. You know, you... You talk about that, how important it is to have the right people surrounding you. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. So the countenance of a friend. Now you get around the right people, they're going to help you. You get around, around the wrong people, they're going to hurt you. Yeah, that's right. You know, the Bible says that Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, and Jonadab was a very subtle man. Amnon's friend, Jonadab, convinced him to rape his half-sister Tamar. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. That's what the Bible says. But Amnon had a friend. And we choose our friends. We don't get to choose our family. <laughs> right? Oh, man, that, that's sorry. But you get to choose your friends. Who you surround yourself with is very important. Uh, who you choose your friends and what friends you have. It's good. Any comments? <clears throat> Samson, was not, Samson was not around the right kind of people. He surrounded himself with the wrong kind of people. And it's very important. That's why, that's why church is important as well. It's because it connects you with other Christians. You know, that, that's as well that helps you build bonds with other people that are struggling, that are, help, that are trying to do right, trying to live right. So it puts you in the right place at church, but it also puts you in tune with other people that are Christians. Where else can you find other Christians? <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> well, there are some ske- No, I'm just kidding. But, but there are some times where the, that the church people are not always the best people to be around too, you know? Yeah. You got to be careful at church too because you have gossips and people who who uh, backbite and tell stories and lie. and you know, Those are not the people that you want to... I mean, I said this before, I've said it a hundred times, but if someone's gossiping to you about somebody, they're gossiping about you to somebody else. I mean, it's a bottom line fact. People that are gossips, people that are that kind of way. Um, Bible teaches, I need to make sure that we surround ourselves with people that will help us, encourage us, strengthen us, that will help strengthen who we are and who we want to be. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What direction do you want to go? You know, 
I've always, I've always heard preachers say um, it's important to know what books you read and who you're reading after as a preacher because who I am reading after is the direction that I need to be going. I'm reading after guys that are not strayed on different, uh, different things as far as doctrine goes, then I can be led astray just like anybody else. So that's so important to have the right friends. But see, this, this sin of gambling and things to that nature, but it also caused greed. It caused Samson to have this greed in his, in his belly. He wanted that money. He wanted that substance. Did, what, was, what was 30 pieces of clothing going to do with him? How, how many shirts do you need? Right? How many, well, let's get down to it. Men, how many shoes do you need, right? Two pairs. Two? Two? Two pairs, yeah. One in case you get another one. Yeah, yeah. Ask these women how many shoes they got, right? Oh, they got about 50. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't walk in the closet without stepping on her shoes. <laughs> 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 and then she got a whole back door full of shoes. I didn't ask you to confess it all over tonight, but no, but no. I mean, you think about you think about yourself and how many pieces of clothing do you have? I mean, literally, if you had three thirty pieces of of full clothing, full pants, full shirts, do you really need thirty? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You know, I mean, what do you? How many? You're gonna change. Set, set yeah. Oh, you could do you could do without doing laundry all month, I guess. Yeah. You know, set, only some pairs enough. That's enough, right? Look, I have more than seven pairs of clothes, but I mean, you think about that. I mean, that's that's him wanting thirty changes of garments. That's a lot, especially back then. Because. <laughs> Somebody hand sewed that one, right? Somebody's hand was tired. Yeah. That's right. It wasn't like they were going to the thrift store and buying it for a dollar, you know? <laughs> greed. But, and, and you know this, what greed takes over, it changes people. It changes people. I've heard, I've heard stories from, I, I remember I was talking to a guy I was working at a Pepsi plant in Camden, Arkansas, and I was talking to a guy who came in. He was, used to be an NFL football player or something, and he talked about after he got his first contract that he had family members that called him that he didn't even know was family members because they wanted some of that money that he had. And uh, people come out of the woodwork when, you find, when they find out you got some money. They're your best friend when they find out you got some money because they're, they want that. They're greed. Bible says money's not a problem. It's the love of money. Love. The love of money is the root of all evil. Right. And here was Samson trying to give me, give me. But it also, it also caused Samson to be guiltless with his, with his sin. He didn't have any guilt. Can you imagine getting to a place where sin no longer bothers you? It doesn't bother you to do wrong anymore. Does it bother you? There's a lot of people like that. They, they think they accomplish something. They go there and steal somebody's stuff. It's true. Oh, man, look what I got. I got away with this. Thank you, Lord. You know, I mean, I, I really think that. 
And there's no guilt. No guilt. No, no guilt, guilt at all. You know, they award themselves. They think they, they did something smart. Yeah. Oh man, I got over on that fool. He ain't know I ripped him off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you got insurance companies like that. You got out business like that now. Right. right. And no guilt. No guilt. I think Louis was dancing with his greed. He got a taste of something that wasn't from the Lord, and so he wasn't content with what God gave him anymore. So when we get our contentment not from the Lord, it's going to take more and more to fill us up. So we're going to want more because we're not content with what God gave us anymore. And so it wasn't something, you know, I always heard you have God shaped hole. And only God can fill that. And when you're not filling that with the Lord, then you're going to want more and more and more. Sound like you've got a boy out of control back there. <laughs> he wants out of that hole. <laughs> it's true, though. If you, if, if, if you don't put God in that shape, in that hole in your life, then you won't be satisfied, and you won't be content, and you won't be. <laughs> and it will, it, yeah, he wants to comment, doesn't he? It caused you to be guiltless with it. Anybody else, any other thoughts? Because sin will do it. Sin will get you to a place where it doesn't even bother you anymore. How scary is that, that you would sin uh, and it doesn't bother you? Yes, sir. People that are not brought up to church don't know any better, you know, or ignorant of, of, of the word of the Lord, would actually think they're getting away with something or, or, doing, or, or outsmarting somebody. When they, right. They chisel them or, or get over them for money or embezzle money from them or steal stuff from them. They really think they're smart. Right. They don't have any background. They don't have any foundation. Right. Right. You know, what's good or bad, that's terrible. Right. And and we need that foundation of what's good and what's right and what's wrong. We do. We do. Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 12, he says, were they ashamed when they had committed an abomination? Nay. Uh, They were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. There are certain things, I, I mean, growing up, that things that used to even make you blush, things that you know, you'd, you'd turn away from, you know, things that are on the TV, man, you want to fast forward or, or push stop or turn the TV off or, man, used to be, you whoa, Man, what, where'd that language come from on the TV? You know, TV used to not have hardly any language on it. Now you can't hardly watch anything that doesn't have a bunch of, bunch of filthy language on it. And, it, I mean, it used to make you blush, but now it doesn't even make you, make you even... Well, I, I didn't hear nothing. What'd you hear? I mean, we become desensitized to things, especially with the TV. We didn't even recognize when a curse word flies across there. When it used to... Man, it hurts you. Well, I, when Stacey and I first got married, they had a thing that was called the TV Guardian. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. But the TV Guardian would actually take the curse word off of the whatever you was watching. If you were whatever it was watching, it would, it would blank it out. It would, it would mute it for half a second during that curse word. But then they got sued by the big companies and put them out of business. So they're, they're very small business now, and they very rarely do 
do that anymore. It's hard to get your hands on one. But anyway, so you, you think about that and you think about what you watched on TV and, and how we eventually we don't even hear it anymore. That's how sin is. Once you commit that, once you do that, then the next time and the third time and the hundredth time, you don't even, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, you know. And sin, and that's the thing about sin too, is that sin is always wrong. If it was wrong, if it was wrong yesterday, or if it was wrong a year ago, it's still wrong today. <clears throat> and and if sin ought to make us blush. It really ought to. Now, I ought to be ashamed of ourselves if it doesn't make us blush. Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. I remember at work there would be times where people would. Uh, cuss and like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cuss in front of you. Now, why are you apologizing to me? You need to be apologizing to him. You know, I mean, what? Who am I? I'm just another guy. You know, or they say, sorry, excuse my French. I'm like, that didn't sound like French to me. But look, look. <laughs> hey, hey, French. <laughs> but truly, we've lost that ability to to feel that against the sin. And if we've gotten to that place, that's a scary place. That's where Samson was at. He didn't care. He didn't care if mom and daddy knew. He didn't care. He had no business doing what he was doing. He had no business getting greedy, gambling, drinking. drinking. He wasn't supposed to, he wasn't supposed to be doing that because he was a Nazarite. That's right. Chasing women, chasing women, a woman that he shouldn't have been with. She wasn't a, a believer. But what happens is you do one sin and the next sin and the next sin. What are you doing? He's in Sin City. (laughs) And he was guiltless about it. Yeah. And he had no conscience about it. No conscience. That's what's bad. When you don't have a conscience about what you're doing, you actually think you're good. You're doing yourself good. That's too far. You go too far. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Anybody else have any questions or thoughts? Oh, that feels good. Scratch my back a little bit. <laughs> oh my! No, oh, you're a mess. You're a mess for that. Yes, they do. No, I just can't. <laughs> but truly, but truly, um, this setting forth that that I keep wanting to say Gideon for some reason, but this, the setting forth that Samson did was was ultimately because of his guiltless action of being able to just, all right, here's this riddle. I mean, what was the purpose of the riddle? The riddle was so that he could win all these garments of clothes. And he ends up, then if you read the rest of the story, I encourage you to go home and read the rest of the story. His wife seduces him, gets him to tell the story, what the answer to the riddle is. She tells the 30 men, and then they get the riddle right. Yep. Yep. It's not serving right. <laughs> and then he ends up killing 30 men to give the clothing to the 30 men that are the Philistines. That's the story. Because he was evil, living a wicked lifestyle that he shouldn't have been. That's right. That's right. But it all starts with just one step in the wrong direction. 
And one step into that sin that you shouldn't go, you shouldn't be there, shouldn't do that. They're standing there waving at you. You know better. Deep down in your heart, you know better. But you still go do it. <laughs> no one will know. Nobody knows. That's it. Oh, yeah, I got away with it. That's right. That's right. can really do you a lot of damage. Knows. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Amen. People don't realize that. That's right. No law here can't give you the damn. No. Yeah. But he can. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody, any, everybody have any questions or thoughts before we close? Is it about eight? About three minutes to Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Amen. Nope. No questions. No comments. Yep. Have you seen it? You've been in Christian life. Have you seen sin ruin? Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. seen take people out? Have you seen sin take preachers out? Mm-hmm. Have you seen sin take deacons out? Mm-hmm. Have you seen sin take Christian church folks out? Yeah. Happens. We've got to be careful. That will never happen to me. It can if you're not careful. Uh, what does it say? Take heed lest ye fall. We've got to be careful. We're not too big. You got to constantly fight. If that. we're not, that I'm not too. These britches are kind of big, but look, <laughs> britches don't get too big for your britches, you know. <laughs> well, Adele, you think you're something special? Yeah. No, they'll bring you down. I don't That's right. How, how good you think you are, how That's strong right. you are, he can bring you down. That's right. We got to be careful. We have to be careful. And and the thing about it is, it's a daily battle. It's something that we need to make sure we're ready for on a daily battle. The Bible says uh, that uh, in that evil day, uh, talking about the armor of God, that we will be, be able to withstand in that evil day against Satan. We need to put on that whole armor of God so God can protect us against, the sat- against Satan, against his temptation, against all those things that he will throw at us. Satan, uh, Samson fell, but he was just a normal guy. Raised right in church his family did right, lived right, was, was right, and Samson slipped away and did wrong. And because of his doing that, he paid the consequences for this. And this is just an evidence of him living in sin so much that he just wasn't, eh, I don't care. Doesn't care anymore. Because the very next, and I, I won't get into like three weeks from now, but the very next setting is that he, he takes some foxes. And, uh, and look, foxes are against the Nazarite vow for him to even touch. They're unclean. And there he is messing with foxes. And again, it's, again, Samson doing wrong. Anyway, all right. Anybody, anybody have any thoughts? All right, let's... Yeah, we got it. That's all I can. He did. We've got to be careful that he doesn't get us. Doesn't get us to slide back. Doesn't get us to take a step backwards. Yeah, he was the strongest man in the world at the time. He was a strong man, but truly a weak man. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for allowing.